Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday, five days a week, starting at this time and going for about 15 minutes, depending on who the speaker is. Um, sometimes we run a little long, sometimes we run a little short. It's just the nature of the information we've got with us that we're sharing with you today. For those of you that may not know me, I am Susan Mann. I am actually a teacher out of Portland, Oregon. And I came to Bobby Burn, well, I came to the TI 90 program when it first started a little over six years ago. And I just had really good success. And it was the first thing I really had good success with. Realize that this is a lifestyle change. This is not a one time you go through this and you're done. But if you're thinking that in those uh, lines, um, you'll need to change your mindset. It, it is a lifestyle change. With that being said, if you ever miss any of these calls, you can go to SoundCloud, S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D, put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, and these calls are archived back I believe it's about six and a half years now. And there are a variety of topics, um, variety of speakers that we've had over the years, and just loads of really great information in those archives. And if you've missed a recent one, you can always go back and pick those up. Um, a lot of the ones with Victoria Perfer that talk about meditation and how to do meditation, I mean, through meditation practices really good. Renee Cole in the beginning was giving lots of really great recipes. Um, so if you happen to catch any of hers that were right around the time that there was a holiday, she was uh, real good about talking about how to take those TR90 drink powders and create them into something else that would be really good. This program does require 30 minutes, five days a week, moderate to heavy exercise. You should be drinking plenty of water. The current thinking is about one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking about 50 ounces of water. If you're not at that level yet, start with wherever you are and slowly, gradually build up to where you need to be. Making sure to get seven to eight hours of sleep daily. That is really important. It helps your body reset, helps uh, cleanse toxins out of your system while you're sleeping. Really fabulous. Another thing is to make sure that you're taking those supplements. If you get a chance to take them about 20 minutes before a meal, fabulous. If you can't because your schedule demands that you are not able to do that, you can take it with your meals and it will still work. It just It'll be not quite as effective as if it's on board before the food starts to up. With that being said, making sure to eat. The current thinking is now. I was surprised at this. Nine to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables because the more fruits and vegetables you have, it crowds out the things that we really shouldn't be eating, but it also gives you fiber and a lot of micronutrients that are really good for you. Making sure that you are, let's see, there was one more thing I was going to be sure to remember to say. Ah. Oh, well, 
I'm sure that it will come to me as, as we go along. Oh, two shakes a day um, in the beginning particularly and 30 grams of protein at three meals. So if you're doing two shakes a day, making sure that you're taking one of the shake powders with a protein boost, scoop of each of those in there, that will get you your 30 grams of protein in just one shake. Making sure um, that you're having really lean, healthy meat. Um, the more you tend towards organic and uh, grass-fed and clean fruits and vegetables and meats, the better your program will work for you. Just observations that I've made over the number of years I've been on this program. Like I said, it is a lifestyle change. And those of us that do these calls, we've really understood that, and that's the reason why we're doing it. With that being said, I have been sharing some information with you out of a book that I uh, found that's called Superfoods Health Style. Simple Changes to Get the Most Out of Life for the Rest of Your Life. It was written by Stephen G. Pratt, M.D., and Kathy Matthews. Um, this book was published in 2006, and so it's got lots of great information. Some of it is somewhat dated. And in light of everything that's been going on, keeping your immunity and antioxidant levels up, which eating more fruits and vegetables automatically helps to do. Uh, help us all stay healthy through this uh, coronavirus outbreak we've got going on, as well as getting outside in that fresh air to get, get some exercise. So I have a little bit to finish up with uh, exercise and keeping active indoors before we jump into a superfood. And keeping active indoors. Sure, it may be colder, perhaps snowing where you live, but that's no excuse to be become a blog. Keep up with your exercise program no matter the weather. And here are some tips. If you're doing housework, vacuuming, dusting, making bread, bed, try to do it to music. Dance music with a good beat will keep you moving and will turn a light activity into a moderate one. Double shot. When visiting the mall, take this walk around the interior of the an indoor mall, before you begin shopping. Unless you're at an enormous mall, this tactic will add 10 or 15 minutes to your visit. And if you walk briskly, you could be one-third or even halfway through your daily activity goal by the time you head home. Take a dance class. Particularly right now, you can get, a lot of people are offering dance classes online. I think Debbie Allen's got one that's been uh, quite popular. Take a dance class. Many of us are in the habit of going out to dinner as a relaxing activity, but dance classes are fun and can be something to look forward to on a dark winter evening or a nice spring evening dancing out on the deck or patio is great too. If you sit at a desk all day, you especially need an activity break. Set a timer and every hour or so get up and do something. Walk to another office, deliver paperwork, or confer with a colleague, get a cup of tea, use the water cooler on another floor, or just go up and down a flight of stairs a few times. Borrow an exercise tape 
from or two from the library and use them. Ask the librarian which ones are especially popular. You, like I said, you might be able to do some YouTube ones as well. Ask a friend, spouse, or a child to, to do one with you a couple times a week in the evenings or if you're working from home. It's a great activity. Um, one site that I know that a lot of schools have been using was called Go Noodles, G-O-N-O-O-D-L-E. And they had silly songs and silly dance moves, and you put it on the screen and have the kids get up and do a real quick activity break. So this, this is something that we as adults can learn from the kids to do. Go ahead and watch your favorite shows, but do it actively. Jump up during the commercials, and this can be a challenge. A commercial break can seem quite long if you're jumping. Lift weights as you watch, do a few sit-ups, do, do some push-ups, get the family to join you. It's really great to help build those muscles. Ask a friend or a family member to commit to a walk or a run event for a charity. For information on walking events and you can check out www.thewalkingsite, so that's T-H-E-W-A-L-K-I-N-G-S-I-T-E. Again, that's the walking site, all spelled out, no breaks, .com. And the other website is walkingconnection.com, and that's walkingconnection.com, so that's W A L K. I-N-G-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N.com. You can get a large inflated exercise ball with an instructional video. There are endless exercises, sit-ups, push-ups, leg work you can do with these. There are some good exercises to try with a ball on the following site, which is www.getfit.com.au. And that's Get, G-E-T, fit, F-I-T, they're scrunched together, no breaks, dot com, dot A-U, as in Australia, slash H-T-M-L, slash exercises, slash ball, H -T dot H-T-M-L. So that's another possibility. Um, there used to be a lot of curve centers around, and that was a good opportunity to get next get some exercises in. And one of the things this time of the year that's particularly popular is beans. And part of the reason they're really good for you is they're low in they're a low fat protein, they're high in fiber, B vitamins, which helps to elevate your mood, ladies and gentlemen. Iron, folate, potassium, magnesium, and other phytonutrients. Now, the sidekicks for beans, all beans are included in the superfood category, and I'll be discussing later the most popular and readily available varieties, such as pinto, kidney, navy, great northern, lima, garbanzo beans, which are also known as chickpeas or cheche, lentils, string beans or green beans, sugar snap peas, and green peas. Try to eat at least four one-half cup servings per day, per week. 
And the reason Dr. Pratt likes spreading the good news about beans is that they're one of his favorite superfoods for many reasons. The most important is their health benefits. On a recent study of older people revealed that those who regularly ate beans had a significantly lower risk of overall mortality compared with the non-legume eaters. In fact, for every 20 grams of beans consumed daily, they experienced an 8% lower risk of mortality. It's not surprising, then, that bean eaters live longer given the multiple health benefits of the lowly bean. And here's why people should make beans a part of their regular diet. Research has demonstrated that regular consumption of beans can lower cholesterol, combat heart disease, reduce cancer risk, stabilize blood sugar, reduce obesity, relieve constipation, and decrease diverticular disease risk, reduce hypertension risk, lower the risk for type 2 diabetes. If the health benefits weren't enough, the practical reasons for eating beans would push them into the top ranks of desirable foods. Beans are very versatile and they're delicious. They star in many signature dishes from around the world. They adapt beautifully to a myriad of seasonings and cooking methods. They're great served cold, hot or cold. They're inexpensive and can be gotten fresh or canned and readily available all year round. Beans are a perfect winter and early spring superfood. They're hearty and filling and a great addition to soups, casseroles, and a host of other dishes. If you don't, and you don't have to go out into the snow to shop for it. Stock up on them when it's convenient. With a can of beans in the pantry, you have beginnings of a healthy and nutritious dishes and almost instant meal. An important consideration when exploring the health benefits of beans is that that they are an all-star source of vegetable protein. In an era of high-protein diets have become popular, it's important to understand that there are a variety of protein sources. And there is some evidence that eating more meat and dairy products in place of carbohydrates is linked to greater coronary heart disease mortality. And in one case of over 29,000, Postmenopausal Iowa women who were initially free of cancer, coronary heart disease, and diabetes. It was found that if the women who ate the most vegetable protein instead of either carbs or animal protein were 30% less likely to die from heart disease. And I think that that's probably a good place to stop there with the information for today. I'm going to take everybody off mute so they can say goodbye to each other, ask questions, because after the call, it's always a great opportunity to do that because you never know who, which brain trust is in the house. So just <laughs> And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Susan. Well, you know. I love beans. I love beans. And it doesn't make any difference whether they're dried beans, frozen beans, fresh beans. All beans are good for you. 
Well, that you I know, have learned. Finally, I finally learned that there was a long time where I wouldn't eat beans because I was one of those weird kids. <laughs> Spinach and beans I wouldn't eat. But now, yes, they do magnificent things to your digestive system. They do. That's why that bean fiber is a real good thing. If you pair beans with some rice, or a carrot with corn that gives you a complete protein, so you're getting all those amino acids that would be in meat. So there's another thought if you're concerned about if, whether it's a complete protein or not. So there are some things that you can add to beans that will make them uh, a complete protein all by their little lonesome. <laughs> yes, and of course beans are a great part of the Mexican affair. So, you know, refried beans are yum, yum, yum. Well, there's that. Go on. You know, hi, everybody. Um, I love the earthbound organic string beans, the whole beans. I think they are the, they taste the most uh, real to me. You know, they, they, it's not like you're re re. I get them frozen, and they're really good. Tell us what they are again. They're earthbound, organic. I'm looking in the refrigerator. Um, see if there's anything on the package. There, the package is really pretty. It's kind of a purple and green, and it's earthbound farms, organic, and it says grown without GMOs. And um, I, and it's got pictures of the whole bean on the on the front. But I find I've t- you know eaten a lot of the frozens, but uh, this is the one that's really it tastes good and fresh. Okay, here's another thought: if you're using regular beans like kidney beans or navy beans, take them, put them in a strainer after you've emptied them out of the can. Really rinse them off well because the chemicals that they use to process them with um, can leave some residues, and just rinsing them off will make those beans taste a lot better as well. That's been my observation. Well, I must say that now we're home, I'm having to, I have to relearn to cook, because I have not been a good, I like going out and I like doing things quickly. So I'm re- I'm learning, I'm cooking again. It's really good for me. It's great. All these old skills, pull them back out. Absolutely. Oh, you know, another thing I was thinking about, Susan, when you were talking on the TV, you know, they have the exercise programs, and you can go and join one of those. And, it's, you know, you just turn the TV on early. Usually they're early. And um, they have the dance class. They have everything. Mm-hmm. This is true. They do. I know that on um, public broadcasting, they have um, Fit and Be Fit. I forget the gal's name. She does it out of Spokane, Washington. She's been on, like, her ever, I mean, like the last 20, 25 years, she's starting, they've got somebody that's been coming in with her regularly lately, so that um, those people that are 
having health challenges. They can sit in a chair, and she walks them through a whole half-hour exercise program. So that for people that are physically challenged, that is a great a great program to touch base with. Um, I know that sparkpeople.com have several videos that you can pick up for free off the Internet. And that's Spark S-P-A-R-K. It's S-P-A-R-K-P-E-O-P-L-E dot com. But, but, if you remember, but if you remember, Sparks is the name of John Rady's first book about exercise. Mm-hmm. I know. So they must have they must have raided the name. What a what a clever bunch. <laughs> I know. Well, this guy, he I guess he worked in Silicon Valley at the start of this, and he was concerned that his um, colleagues were getting overweight, and he was getting overweight himself, and he wanted to turn that around, and so he created Spark People, and it's a there is a premium that you can pay for the, the really fancy stuff, but they give you recipes. You can do exercises. You can map out how far you walk on a route. Um, so there's, And you can join various groups depending on uh, what kind of interest, what your age level is, your activity level is, how much weight you have to lose. Um, there's, it, it just has a myriad of different applications, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> well, I like that. Sparkspeople.com. It's not right? Sparks, it's Sparks. S-P-A-R-K. No S. All right, Sparkspeople.com. Excellent. I'm going to go have a look at that. And with that, I think the dogs are getting restless. But I think they're going to want to go for their walk since they've already been out and fed. <laughs> so I'm going to let everybody go. This this call will happen again on Monday. Somebody will be. Yeah, one of us. One of us will be here. Who who knows who? But someone will be here. <laughs> and sharing a wealth of information. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It might be Nikki. It depends because she's now doing. Um, meetings or classes from home and she's never quite sure. She, I mean, we all we do is we just, it's like taking the dice and you throw the people up in the air and somebody's going to be there. It'll either be Nikki or myself or Susan or um, Kathy Joe, so CJ, so you never know. And you never know. We might, we might, we might entice Victoria to do another meditation session again next week. That was I awesome. I to tell you, I, I was questioning whether everybody was, you know, if it was really a good meditation. But I will tell you, I felt really relaxed when I finished. <laughs> I thought it was wonderful, and it was again. It was a lovely variety and a variation in what we do. I love the different views that each of the speakers brings. It makes it's just really interesting. It takes a village. Yes, it does. For, thanks for keeping me on your radar. <laughs> You're welcome. We appreciate having you. 
Back at this you. Our- Thanks for keeping That's- us on your radar. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Okay, you all take, take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
their spirit, their mind, and their body. Right. And, and some people pursue intellectual gratification. They, they want to get as much knowledge as they can, and they get to the end of all of their abilities to gain knowledge, and they've determined that there is no God and that all of these crazy theories and ideas are why the world must be the, the way that they are, and they're still unsatisfied. Yeah. And in your situation, it wasn't intellectual. It was the, the flesh. You know, you went and tried to accomplish everything that the flesh said would satisfy you, and when you got to the end of the list, you still weren't satisfied. And the reason is, is because the only place that satisfaction truly resides is in the soul. And the only thing that will ever satisfy the soul is the one who created the spirit, mind, and body, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, so I mean, even, even you go back all the way to the Old Testament when they worship the God of Molech or Ashtoreth or any of these things, pleasure and sex and all this stuff, there's nothing new under the sun like King Solomon said. That's right. It's, it's, and they were more honest than us. They, 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 told, they did what God they did worship, but we don't. But uh, none of that stuff will, will do anything, and that's where I found myself uh, in a situation where I was on my last skateboard tour. Um, I was uh, in Co- I went to Mexico, Costa Rica, and Panama. Well, by the time I got to Costa Rica, I was already doing 90 days of cooking, Xanax, and alcohol, and boom, I OD'd in my hotel room. And uh, the skateboard team came in, they found me, and they just saw me with a pile of cocaine, and I was, looked like I was dead. So they called my parents. We all, we all ride motorcycles and stuff with my, with my dad and all of our friends back home. But they called my dad and said, hey, we don't think your son Ryan's going to make it out alive, which is a great place Wait. to take a commercial okay. break because if you want to find out whether or not Ryan lives, <laughs> you should join us for part two. Hang on. He's already here. Anyway, come back. You're watching the message. Do you have the kind of faith that can weather any storm? Trusting that God is in control and will forge victory in your life? We serve an awesome God. One who uses each and every struggle to bring you closer to Him. When fear knocks at your door, in faith to answer. Faith is the key to abundant living. For just a personal time, we would like to send you past our latest devotional, Counting 100 Days of Climate Over Trouble. And for your gift of $125 or more, we include our Climate Drinking Cup of Tea and a unique weekend event emblazoned with a busy man-made logo. Trust in God. He can take the broken pieces of your life and make something new. God has so much more in store for you. See your gift today. Call the number on your screen or visit kfn.org/storm. Israel, the land where our Savior walked, was crucified and rose on the third day. Experience Holy Weekend never before. Sign up for a week full of devotions led by Pastor Matt Nagy from the land of Israel. Twice each day during the week, you'll receive a video devotional that will refresh your spirit and strengthen your faith. Sign up by going to jhm.org forward slash Holy Week. Then look forward to receiving your first devotional on Sunday, April 5th. Let's experience Christ's journey to his resurrection together.
and I just said, God, forgive me for, I'm like, if you're real, forgive me for my sins and come into my life. I heard that prayer in church when I was growing up, and, you know, uh, I thought, because I used to take a lot of hallucinogenics uh, because they used to, like, you know, the faith walk, and I thought that Jesus was going to show up in my hotel room with rainbows and lightning bolts and angels and be like, my son Ryan, I've been waiting, you know, I'm going to have this experience, you know, well, nothing happened. I was like, great, I knew this wasn't real. But then I remember there were these Bibles in these hotel rooms. So I opened the drawer, and in Panama, I was in Panama City at this point. We took a plane to Panama the next day. I was at the Sheraton Hotel in the Panama City. I opened the drawer, and there was a Bible that said, Holy Bible in English in a Spanish-speaking country. So I opened it up, and I told you before I was really bad at reading. I started reading it. It was like King James. It was like Shakespeare language. I couldn't even understand some of those words. I was reading it, and I nothing happened, so I closed it. But the next morning when I woke up, I stole the Bible from the hotel. I got it all in. Because then I stole that, I ended up connecting with the Gideons later on. So uh, so when I uh, checked from the hotel, I, I got on the plane and I went for six hours straight. And I remember just reading that Bible for six hours straight. And I remember the whole skateboard team looking at me, the pro team going, Ryan, the cocaine pirate, reading the Bible? Like, are you kidding me right now? And I'm like, look, it, if God's really in this book, and I'm going to find him. So I kept reading it, and what happened is after I read the Bible, because you know the Bible is the DNA of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the DNA of holiness, right? So I read the living word of God, it's sharper than a two-inch sword. It starts slicing and dicing through my bone and my marrow and my flesh, and just showing me who he is and cutting through all the junk and the noise of my life. And I just remember landing that felt peace for the first time in my life. And I remember uh, just leaving that day and going home, and going to bed and, and waking up and hearing this song singing through my head, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. And kept repeating over and over. And I'm out front trying to smoke a cigarette. So the glory is going on here. I'm hearing this voice. Am I crazy? And I called my dad. And he said, Ryan, he says, I said, Dad, I, you know, what I didn't tell you guys is I said, Dad, I go, I'm, I came out to Jesus last night. And, I, you know, up to that point, I was using crack, heroin, coke. Pill, whatever they sell. Everything, wherever they had around the world, it did not matter. So I was like, I was like gone, you know, drinking every day since I was like 17 years old until I was 33. So I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I asked for the forgiveness of sins, and we know with the blood that was shed on the cross, Jesus washes us white as snow. And then he says that in John 7, he says, If you want a relationship with me, you can come to me, and I will send the torrents of living water. When you think of the torrents of living water, when you look at torrents in the dictionary, it says a violent force or unceasing stream of anything. So what Jesus does is he forgives you of your sins with the blood that was shed on the cross, and he sends the power from heaven. He's like undoes the reservoir and sends the Holy Ghost, the power from heaven, the living water, to fill you and wash you and baptize you with the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit. And the job of the Holy Ghost is to purge and destroy everything that is unholy in our life. It destroys the drugs, the alcohol, the the, the lying, the cheating, the power that you
and there's sometimes a lot of calendar pages between, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. You know, but whenever you started to come to a moment of your recognition of who Christ was, there's a couple of things that I'm hearing your story that I think are pretty important. One, because you were chasing the things of the flesh, you were addicted to feelings. Yeah. And what you wanted was salvation to be a feeling. Yeah. You wanted it to make you feel like the drug made you feel. You wanted it to give you an escape like whatever your your, your flavor of the day was going to help you escape. But the reality is salvation is not a feeling, it's a fact. Yeah. You know, there, it's a fact. Jesus Christ died and redeemed mankind from their sins. The only question mark is if you will believe in him. Um, so once you believe in him, you are now having the opportunity to embrace the fact, not the feeling, yep. that your sins have been forgiven. And as you start to embrace those facts, God brought back to your remembrance seeds that have been sown ever so subtle from even Sunday school. Yeah, I mean, when you're sitting here talking, you're sitting here talking about the torrents of God's, you know, living water and, and, and these principles, you didn't learn this on the skate path. No. You know, you, you learned this sitting in the presence of God, even when you weren't aware that it had something you were desiring, chasing, pursuing, he was pursuing you. And, and when you looked over your shoulder and, 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 you know, looked back to him, he said, here it comes. And, and it made an impact that led from a fact into a feeling. And now, because you have the feeling and the fact of the Holy Spirit, it's something that no one can take from you. You know, I also want to point out, too, is that what's interesting is my dad never judged me. My parents never judged me. They, they, were, they were in my life, and I would have these little moments where they'd be like, hey, God has a plan for your life. And I'd be like, fine. And, and like, you know, the Holy Spirit would just bring that to remembrance, but that's how he loved me. And he would come over, and I had my girlfriend there, and, you know, you know all that whole lifestyle. He always loved me because he never judged me. When the time came, he was the person I called. Yeah. So we got to keep that door open with, with our children because we got to, it's not that we agree with what their, their lifestyle, but we got to keep that door open because there will be a time when, when, when the Holy Spirit's going to move on their life and they're going to need someone to call. And if we close the door, who are they going to call? Yeah. That door has to be open. Yeah. And, and love keeps you from being disqualified. Yeah. If you constantly love somebody with the same love that Christ has for you, the thing that I remind myself and others often, I said, we should love others like Christ loved us. You know, he loved us when we were not perfect. You yeah, always remember that, that starting point to where you were all messed up. Then you'll never forget, you know. As, yeah. So when we come back from break, you were producing parties whenever you were doing skateboard stuff. I still do. Now you're producing parties. Now you're producing parties, and I want to hear about those yeah. because uh, it's a significant work that's being done and it's got a great kingdom impact. And I want those of you who are watching to find out more about what Ryan's doing these days and how you can be a part of it. To be the Bible come to mind by standing in the very places where the stories of the Holy Scriptures unfolded. Join pastors John and Matt Hagee on this extraordinary tour of the Holy Land. Visit the historical sites through the mouth of the attitude. Where Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Night. Sail on the beautiful Sea of Galilee, where Jesus calmed the storm and fed the woman. Feel the presence of God as you walk the streets of Jerusalem and pray at the wedding. And float upon the waters of the Dead Sea. All of this and much more as you embark on this life changing journey to explore, reflect, and renew your faith in the Holy Land. For more information, visit jhm.org. We're called the
join us in celebrating Pastor John Hagee's 80th birthday, born on April 12th in 
like the gospel was presented in the darkness. And we saw thousands of people get saved. We worked a study that first 2,000 people immediately. And anyway, the snowball effect of the whosoever's, we are a movement of whosoever's leading the way to reflect Christ in the culture. And now we had to be kind of pulled back a little bit because we had accessible over thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. We decided, why did we start the movement? And who do we want to reach? And we said, we want to reach kids. So we go, where are they at? They're in school. So now what we're doing is we partner with Christian clubs all around the United States, because legally you can go into the Christian club, and we partner with governments all around the world. We tour all around the world. We've been to like 180-something schools just in the last three years. We've seen oh, like close to 60,000 people give their life to the Lord in the public school system. Now, you got to understand, I'm not in the Bible Belt. I've been going only to like Seattle, San Francisco, New York, uh, Colorado, basically Silicon Valley. I'm going to work by Atheist Central and Revival Break. And it isn't it interesting, you know, as you talk about the invitation to be in schools and international schools. Yeah. You know, internationally for decades, they pushed Christianity, people of faith, and Christian influence out of society. You know, there's communist countries and different countries where the government wants to control life. In order to do that, they've got to get faith out. Because if you give your life to Christ and he's in control, then the government can't be in control. But it's these places where the government is recognizing that there's a problem with their young people, and they're calling on people like yourself who have what they call good influence or a positive story to come in and talk about what made the difference in your life. And the only thing you can point to that made the difference is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's it. Again, you find that even in a government system where, you know, if you were chasing the things of the flesh and the flesh didn't satisfy, in the government system, they're chasing power and control, and they get power and control, and that doesn't satisfy. Once again, we've proven that the only thing that truly satisfies a human being's life is Jesus Christ. So if there's somebody who's watching and they think that they are the least of these, they think they have reached a point of no return, what do you say to them? Well, Chapter 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever is from bums to president, from murderers to whoever, God loves you, he'll forgive you, and he's there. It's not about dead religion. Dead religion has no power. It's a relationship with the King Jesus. Come on. You can just call out to him and just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and fill me with the power from heaven, the Holy Ghost. And start working in my life. And as you read the Bible, you start reading it, and uh, reading it, you start learning about, it, and uh, you start hearing His voice from Genesis to Revelation. And when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's the story of God's grace. God uses imperfect people and ordinary men to do extraordinary things. It's a story of grace from, from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. If you need Him today, no matter the situation you're facing, I assure you, if you call upon Him, He'll answer you. And when He answers you, you're going to find a difference maker that will change everything in your life. Thank you for joining us today, Ryan. Thank you for being here. Kendall and I want to bring you back soon to the distance. In the last year, there were three victims of cybercrime every second. When a criminal has your personal information, they can do all sorts of things in your head. Criminals can use ransomware, spyware, or malware to gain access to like your name, your birthday, and your social That's why Norton and LifeLock are now part of one company. Norton 360 with LifeLock provides an all-in-one membership for your cyber safety that gives you identity theft protection, device security, VPN, online privacy, 
Build for efficiency with the Life Lock Million Dollar Protection Package. If your money is stolen or if you have expenses due to identity theft, we will either get it back for you or reimburse you for it up to the limits of your plan. Plus, we'll provide lawyers and experts if that's what it takes. There are new cyber threats out there every day. So protecting yourself isn't a one-time job, it's an ongoing need. Now is the time to make sure that you have the right plan. Every Norton 360 with LifeLock membership includes LifeLock Identity Theft Protection with its million-dollar protection package, award-winning Norton Device Security, a VPN for online privacy, and more. All at no extra cost, with no deductible, and no hidden fees. Join today. Use promo code MYTV to save 25% off your first year and start your membership for as low as $9.99 a month. The time to make sure that you have the right protection in place I got how easy it is and how good it feels to have Norton 360 with LifeLock on it. Don't wait. Join today. Norton 360 with LifeLock. Call 1-800-360-9220 or visit lifelock.com slash mytv. Use promo code mytv to save 25% off your first year and start your membership for as low as $9.99 a month and get a free shredder with annual membership. Call right now. These people are here to take up the same prescription. They both know drug costs are out of control. But one of them is completely back control. Instead of the one who spends that much, she is paying this much. Stop paying too much for your prescription. Download the free app today. This promise. Never will I make it. Never will I make it. He is quick. He is for us. He offers us peace. He claims to them certainty and hope in exchange for heaven. Trust in him. If you're ever in our area, please stop by and be a part of one of our services. These are the finest people in all of Houston, Texas, right here at Lakewood. And I'll promise you, we will make you feel right at home. I like to start with something funny. One day, Jesus and Satan were having a contest to see who was better with computers. After six hours of making spreadsheets and designing web pages, a thunderstorm knocked the power out. When they rebooted their computers, Satan started screaming, all lost. All my material is gone. While Jesus quietly walked over and printed his out, turned it in. Satan complained it's not fair. He must have cheated. How come he didn't lose his material? God smiled and said, Jesus saved when you might be made of it, it is my I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I want to talk to you today about if you're set up. Everything in your life has been carefully orchestrated. God is strategic. Before you were born, he laid out a specific plan for you. Nothing randomly happened. Not just the good breaks, the promotions, the times you've seen favor, but even the closed doors, the disappointments, the betrayals, that's all a part of God's plan. It may not make sense, it wasn't fair, but God wouldn't have allowed it if it wasn't going to work for your good. And if you don't understand that nothing randomly happens, then you'll be frustrated when things don't go your way. 
upset because somebody did you wrong, bitter because a person walked away, when in reality, it was ordained by God to move you into your destiny. You are not at the mercy of luck, of faith, of other people. The God who causes the earth to rotate down to the exact millisecond has ordered your steps. Do you think another person can stop what God has ordered for you? Do you think a bad break, a closed door, a jealous co-worker can change what God has spoken over your life? The people coming against you, the negative circumstances, they are pawns in the hands of God. The enemy thinks he's using them to hold you back. The truth is, God is using them to push you forward. In the scripture, Joseph's brothers threw him into a pit. They thought they were stopping his destiny, but God used them to push Joseph into his destiny. God ordained them to betray Joseph. It was a part of the plan that God laid out for his life. Without that betrayal, without Potiphar's wife falsely accusing Joseph, without him spending time unfairly in prison, Joseph would have never fulfilled his destiny. It wasn't random. It wasn't bad luck. It was strategic. Are you fighting what God has ordained? Frustrated because the door closed? Bitter because somebody walked away? Without that, you couldn't fulfill your purpose. The enemy didn't come in and somehow take the steering wheel, and now he's in control. He superseded God's plan. He overpowered the creator. He doesn't have that kind of authority. The God who breathed life into you, the God who has numbered your days, the God who is for you and not against you is in complete control. You may not understand what happened. It may not have been fair. But if you'll stay in faith, one day you'll see like Joseph, it wasn't random. It was intentional. It was a setup. God used it to push you forward. But when we isolate a negative experience and look at it on its own, it may not make sense. We have a large puzzle. Sometimes you'll find a piece that doesn't look like it fits. You're sure the manufacturer has made a mistake. It's an odd shape, a strange color. But when the other pieces come together, there will be a perfect fit. The colors will match. The edges will line up. Without that piece, the puzzle wouldn't be complete. You may have a piece to your puzzle today that doesn't make sense. You could think, God didn't ordain this. I lost my main client. A relationship didn't work out. My child got off course. This doesn't fit. You may not see it now, but God is not through working. You don't know what he's up to. You're looking at one piece. Like Joseph, you're looking at the betrayal what you can't see is the throne is coming. Instead of fighting it, being bitter, turn it around. God, my life is in your hands. I know your plans for me are for good. I may not understand everything, but God, I trust you. I believe you'll get me to where I'm supposed to be. The scripture says God has ordered your steps. Doesn't say he has suggested them. Maybe this will happen. Maybe that will happen. Your steps have been ordered. Here's what I've learned. When God ordered my steps, he didn't check with me. He didn't ask for my opinion. If he would have, I would have told him, I don't want to go through that disappointment. I don't want those people to talk about me. I don't want that company to file a lawsuit to try to keep us from moving into the contact center. I would have said no to all the difficulties because I couldn't see where they were taking me. 
reach your destiny without opposition, without betrayal, without criticism, without things you don't understand. When my father went to be with the Lord, I didn't see anything good about that. I lost one of my best friends, somebody I admired and looked up to. I wanted him to live another 20 years. But it was that loss that pushed me into what I'm doing today. On the other side of the difficulty is a new level of your destiny. If you'll keep the right attitude, all things will work for your good. Not some things, not just a good break, a promotion, but even the loss, the disappointment, the person that walked away. It wasn't random. It was ordained by God. In John chapter 11, Lazarus was very sick. His two sisters, Mary and Martha, sent word to their friend Jesus to come to their house and pray for him. Jesus was in another city. He waited four days, and Lazarus died. There were all these people gathered at the house, paid their respect, comforted the family. Then Jesus showed up. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Most of the people there were excited. They believed in Jesus. But some of them were cynical. They couldn't deny his power, but they weren't for him. They rushed back to tell the Pharisees, the religious leaders, what happened. The main priest called the council together, said if we let Jesus continue, the whole nation will believe in him. Verse 53 says, from that time on, the religious leaders began to plot Jesus' death. Lazarus being raised was a strategic part in the plan of God. It set into motion all these other events that eventually led to Jesus being crucified. That's why Jesus waited on purpose for Lazarus to die. He could have gone there sooner and healed him, or he could have spoken healing from another city, like he'd done and healed other people. He waited for Lazarus to die so all these people would be gathered. It would create such a commotion, a man being raised from the dead, that the critics would go back and get the council all stirred up. What am I saying? What may look like a crisis to us can still be the plan of God. Mary and Martha were upset, weeping. They couldn't see it at the time. That crisis was ordained by God. Jesus being delayed wasn't an accident. Him not coming when they asked was divinely orchestrated. Nothing randomly happened. Even the crisis, the bad breaks, the things that don't make sense, we can't see it, but God is still on the throne. Thoughts will tell you, it's never going to work out. There's no purpose to this. You just have bad luck. Don't believe those lies. God is up to something. God is strategic. Things are in motion right now that you can't see. Behind the scenes, God's moving the wrong people out of the way, lining up the right people, arranging things in your favor. It's in the process of coming together. We may not understand it all, but I can assure you, nothing is random. The delay was on purpose. The betrayal was ordained by God. The person that turned on you wasn't supposed to be for you. It may seem like it's out of control, but God is still in complete control. The plan he's laid out for your life is right on track. Now keep doing the right thing when you don't understand. Stay in faith when people betray you. Do the right thing when the wrong thing is happening. Your time is coming. What God ordained will come to pass. No person can stop it. No bad break. No crisis. No people. All the forces of darkness cannot stop 
what God has purposed for your life. Now, you have to be so convinced that God is for you that you don't fall apart when life is against you. You don't get bitter because things didn't work out your way. You don't give up on a dream because you had a setback. You know it's a setup, that God has the final say, that he didn't bring you this far to leave you, that him being for you is more than the world being against you. Thank you for more of this week's message. You were created to live in heaven. Regardless of what you've been through in the past, God has a great future in store for you, a future better than anything you can imagine. Moving Past Your Pain is a brand new series of encouraging messages by Joel that will help you heal from the wounds of the past and begin to have faith for an exciting, favor-filled future. Your generosity makes it possible for people all over the world to hear the message of hope in Jesus Christ. Lives are changed every time you hear it. Don't wait. Call 800-565-0772 right now or go online at joelosteen.com.
Judas went in and told the religious leaders that he would betray Jesus. They were so excited. This was the big break they were looking for. They didn't realize Judas was a pawn in the hand of God. It wasn't his idea. God was using him to move Jesus into his purpose. We give our enemies too much credit. They can only do what God allows them to do. Judas couldn't stop Jesus. His betrayal, his disloyalty couldn't keep the plan of God from unfolding. When people come against you, don't get bent out of shape. They can't stop you. They think they're hindering you. But like Judas, God is going to use them to move you further into your destiny. But sometimes we make mistakes. We bring the trouble on ourselves. We get off course and do things we know that we shouldn't do. But the beauty of our God is he not only designed your plan knowing what the enemy would try to do against you, but he designed your plan knowing the mistakes you would make. God has taken into account the times we would fail. Times we compromise, give in to temptation. He's so merciful, he's already designed a plan to restore us and get us back on course. God told Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and tell the people to repent. Jonah didn't want to go there. He got on a boat going the other way. He went exactly opposite of what God told him to do. You would think he's done. Too bad he stepped out of God's plan. But on the boat, a huge storm arose. They were all about to die. Jonah admitted to the crew that he was the problem. If he was running from God, that's why they were having trouble. The crew was so loving. They said, Jonah, thank you for being so honest. Then they threw him overboard. This should have been the end of Jonah's story. Out in the middle of the ocean, in a huge storm. But it just so happened a big fish was swimming by. At the right place, at the right time feeling hungry, and it swallowed Jonah up. He spent three days in the belly of the fish. On the third day, the fish came up from the bottom of the ocean and spit Jonah out on dry ground. Hundreds of years later, Jesus would say, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days. Jonah was a picture of Jesus. God knew that he would get off course. He had already planned how that would foreshadow what Christ would do. What am I saying? Nothing randomly happens. Your mistakes have been taken into account in God's plan for your life. I don't say that so you can live loose. Good, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Joel said God's got me covered. No mistakes. They cause heartache. They cause pain. Three days in the belly of the fish. That sounds exciting now. But that was not a cruise liner. It was dark, dirty, smelly, seaweed all over his head. When the fish spit Jonah out, the first thing God told him was go to Nineveh and do what I asked you to do. God didn't change his mind, but he gave him another chance. When we make mistakes, when we fail, the accuser keeps whispering, you're done. God is finished with you. You had your chance. You'll never accomplish your dream. So get back up, Jonah. Your mistake is not a surprise to God. He's already designed your comeback. He's already laid out your new beginning. Why don't you get back in the game? Get your fire back. Get your passion back. Start dreaming again. Start believing again. That mistake didn't cancel your destiny. God still has a purpose for you to fulfill. When God told Abraham 
and he and his wife Sarah were going to have a baby in their old age. Years went by and nothing happened. So Abraham decided to help God out and he slept with Sarah's maid. They had a son, a boy they named Ishmael. They were so excited they finally had their baby. God said, that is not the promised child. That's the arm of the flesh. That's something you made happen. Ishmael, in one sense, was considered a mistake. He was the child that Abraham had out of wedlock. Now, Abraham is the father of our faith. You would think he would know better. Surely this wouldn't be in the plan of God. Four generations later, when Joseph's brothers threw him into a pit, they were going to leave him there to die, but they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming. They decided instead to sell Joseph to them. The Ishmaelites were descendants of Ishmael. What once was considered a mistake was actually a part of God's plan to save Joseph's life. Only God, in his amazing wisdom, can take what was a mistake in one generation and use it to be a blessing in another generation. Nothing randomly happens. Even your mistakes are a setup. Why don't you quit beating yourself up for past failures? Quit living in regret. Nothing you've done is too much for the mercy of God. Let that go. Start moving forward into the new things God has in store. A few years ago, Victoria lost her ring. It was a diamond band that her mother had given her, been in their family for several generations. Sometimes when we go on a trip, Victoria would hide it in the house. So for months, we searched everywhere, every drawer, every cabinet, every pocket. That ring was nowhere to be found. About three years later, we were driving home late one night from out of town. It was after midnight. I was tired and ready to get home. Victoria said, Joy, you better slow down. You're going to get a ticket. I was going about 75. Speed limit was 65, maybe 55. But there was nobody on the highway. Wide open, way out in the country. All of a sudden, in my rearview mirror, I saw those flashing red lights. The officer came up to my window, and I handed him my driver's license. He said, I'll need your insurance card as well. Victoria opened the glove compartment and started looking. She found every document except our insurance. She ended up pulling everything out of the glove compartment, digging around in the back, maneuvering her hands here and there. It's too dark. She couldn't see anything. Plus, having the officer standing right there was nerve-wracking. At one point, Victoria, digging way back there, found something hard down in the crack. She kept digging and digging, pulled it out. It was the ring she had been looking for for three and a half years. She was so excited, so happy. She was over there rejoicing. Here, I'm about to go to jail. She ended up finding the insurance car right on the top. It was like God called her to overlook it. I handed it to the officer. He said, are you that citizen? I said, I am. He said, if I come to your church, will you save me a seat? I said, I'll save you a whole section. <laughs> he handed it back and said, have a great night. Sometimes what we think is a setback is really God setting us up to do something amazing. Even mistakes we make, God knows how to turn them and use them for our good. A few days before Jesus was crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane late one night praying. He was so overwhelmed with the weight of what he was about to do and under so much pressure that he sweat great drops of blood. He said, Father, if you're willing, 
not my will, let your will be done. We celebrate what Christ did on the cross. That's the foundation of our faith. But the real battle took place in the garden. This is where he made the decision, even though it's not fair, even though Judas is about to betray me, even though these people have mocked and ridiculed me, Father, I trust you. I know it's all a part of your plan. We all have these times when life is in pain. Somebody's come against you. You're fighting an illness. Business has slowed down. This is where you have to do like him. You say, God, I don't understand it, but I trust you. I know you're in control. You wouldn't have allowed it if it wasn't going to work for my good. Don't get discouraged when life doesn't make sense. God is up to them. They crucified Jesus, put him in the grave. They thought he was done. But you know the story. On the third day, Jesus came out and said, I am alive forevermore. God has the Bible saying, what looks like a setback is really setting you up for the next level of your destiny. Jesus told his disciples, take up your cross and follow me. Sometimes we hear that and think, that's going to be a heavy burden. People told me growing up, Joel, it's a hard thing to carry your cross. One day my father had a dream. He was going through a difficult time in life. In this dream, he looked over and saw a large cross from the ground made out of railroad ties, about 15 feet long. looked like it weighed hundreds of pounds. He knew that was his cross to carry, but he didn't know how he could do it. It seemed overwhelming. He walked over to pick it up, but it wasn't what he thought. When he lifted it, it was like styrofoam. Hardly weighed anything. He was so amazed, he could easily put it on his shoulder and start walking. A few steps later, the cross started lifting him up. Instead of him carrying the cross, the cross was carrying him. When you take up your cross, it doesn't mean you're not going to have difficulties. People won't betray you. You'll never make mistakes. Life will happen. But the beauty is, when you should be overwhelmed, the cross will start carrying you. God will give you joy, peace, and strength that will lift you, help you make it through things that should have stopped you. We can all look back and see times where if it wasn't for the goodness of God, we wouldn't have made it. What is that? The cross carrying you. It looks like it's going to be heavy, but it was a setup. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Why don't you come back to that place of peace? Nothing in your life has randomly happened. God has ordered your steps. You may not understand it, but your life is divinely orchestrated. What God has purposed for you will come to pass. I believe and declare every force that's trying to stop you is being broken. God is about to turn things in your favor. It looks like a setback, but it's setting you up for new levels, for promotion, for healing, for breakthroughs, for the fullness of your destiny. In Jesus' name. And if you receive it, can you say amen today? I'd like to give you an opportunity to make the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. Come into my heart. Thank you, my Lord. If you pray that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God's words praying. Thanks for I'll be right back to speak a blessing from you. You were created to live in faith. Regardless of what you've been through in the past, God has a great future in store for you. A future better than anything you could imagine. Moving Past Your Pain is a brand new series of encouraging messages by Joel that will help 
challenges of your past, keep you from your blessings today. Whatever tells you that, give it to God. He wants you to start fresh and move you into your destiny. God knows how to take what was meant for harm and use it for our advantage. Request this resource. It will help you keep moving forward. Your generosity makes it possible for people all over the world to hear the message of hope in Jesus Christ. Lives are changed every time you give, so don't wait. Joseph Prince. 
the more you know God's goodness, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness of God leads you to changing your mind. Are you listening? True believers will continue. They might leave for a while, but they always come back. They always come back. Amen. It's like a teenage they might leave for a while angry with you. They always come back when they are hungry. And no more money. They are truly your children. If you are not your children, you will not come back. Very important. Take this verse and put it somewhere in your heart. Obviously, some of the worst heresies have come from people in churches. They were not born again. Some of them think they come to church, all right, they sit in a few services, people are them in the form, all right, your age, your name, your religion, Christian. Doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's make you a Big Mac. Any more than going to a garage make you a car. who is born again, who is not. Well, we know that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we believe that He finished the work, you are born again. Amen? Are you with me, church? Okay. My time is running, so I need you to follow me real close. Are you with me so far? Alright? So in other words, when we talk about Hebrews 6, notice, always learn this. Mark Coverdale says, who is he talking to? In what context is he talking to? When is he talking to? Okay, so watch this now. Alright? I'm going to teach you some English. If I say I, what personal pronoun is that? First person, second person, first person, first person. If I say you, what personal pronoun is that? Second person. If I say they, third person. They went out from us. All right. Now watch this. Hebrews six. He's writing, brothers, brothers, let us, let us. Okay. Now sometimes us there can refer to believers and non-believers. Like in First John chapter one, all right. If we say, we say, he's being nice. I say he's being nice. You know when you write things like, for example, your friend likes to to scribble things. You know he likes to uh, not vandalize, but he likes to paint. You know <laughs> the walls and all that. And you put it, your hand on his on, your, on his shoulder because you are his friend. You, you don't say if you do this, your backside will be wet. You know you don't say that, right? All right. You put your hand on him and you say what? Look, if we vandalize in this country, all right, the penalty is very high. You know, the penalty here is you might even get the cane. All right, if we vandalize in this country, I say if we, it's called, it's called the editorial we. You see, does that mean that I am vandalizing? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> you put your hand on your friend and you say, if we, if we practice in drugs, all right, it's a death penalty here. All right, I put my hand on my friend and said, it's we, it's we. What am I saying? Am I saying I'm doing it? But they say, that's the we is that. All right, first John, 1 John 1, 9, if we say. Let's go back to 1 John again. And I think I, I have to stop somewhere here because uh, of time, okay? And then uh, first John 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, go back to the context again. Context all if we. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Do Christians say they have no sin? Of course not. Amen. 
You know the Jewish people think of confessing their sins, which I will show you. All right, there. Even uh, Jewish people, Jews who are not saved yet can confess their sins. Let me show you uh, Matthew. This is the story of John the Baptist. John the Baptist during the time of Christ. Okay? Notice that Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region run about Jordan, the river Jordan, went out to John the Baptist. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Question. Did they confess every itemized account of sin? Can you imagine that long queue? John the Baptist, oh, nice, this guy begins behind you, Emily. In fact, one by one, one by one, one by one, one by one, one by one. I remember, I don't see you. Three hours plus for him to confess all his sins. Now, one thing, with a long queue. Do you think that happened? Honestly, do you think that happened where they came to him confessing every item I could have their sins? So, what does it mean, confessing their sins? This is what it means. Bible into this Bible. The same thing the son. The prodigal son came home to the father. How did he confess his sin? Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against the earth. I am no more worthy to be called your son. What did the father say? Luke 15. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, no longer worthy to be called your son. What did the father do? The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. Obviously, the father accepted his confession or whatever you want to call it. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> this guy is a prostitute. Did he confess it? All right. He didn't even confess he dishonored his father by asking for his inheritance before the father died. Or he said, I have sinned. Father, I have sinned. The father started confessing your sins. Now they came to John the Baptist confessing their sins that they are sinners. I've I sinned against God. I've sinned against the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Please forgive me. I've got to for forgiveness for me. And they were baptized. None of them were saved yet. Because Jesus Christ was not yet died. His ministry is not even started yet, man. These people went to John confessing their sins. So what I'm trying to tell you is that Jewish unbelievers have been confessing their sins all the time before Christ came. Are you listening, people? But it's bound me. Somehow it's like you can't be saved unless you confess everything. But some of us say, Pastor Prince, uh, the Bible says confess your faults one to another. Yeah, that's that, 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 that so logical that I, I don't even have to address this. You know when you've done something wrong with someone, husband and wife, for example, the Bible says confess your faults one to another. Say sorry and all that. I was wrong and all that. And pray one for another that you may be healed. Yes, each other. And I would recommend that. But with God, our sins are forgiven past, present, future. Okay? Now, the thing is this, church. All right? Let's go back to uh, 1 John 2, 12. We'll close to this. Now, this is John, 1 John 1, chapter 1, 2. We'll close to this portion. You must listen to this part. You forget anything else, don't forget this part. All right? 1 John 1, 9. Show 1 John 1, 9. Yes. 1 John chapter 1. All right? If we confess our sins, God will take one. Now, with writing to believers, we got a problem. In chapter 2. If this verse is writing to believers, we got a problem in chapter 2. Why? In chapter 2, next chapter, all right, verse 12, now John says, I write to you, little children, I write to you, little children, because your sins, now little children here refer to all the believers, tag me on. It is not baby in Christ, no. 